Colossians chapter 3, we will review for a few moments, and then we'll get right into the message for tonight. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, If ye are since ye, then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on on things above and not on things of the earth, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, or put the dead, crucify, put to death. Therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Verse 8, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put off and have put on the new man. Look in verse 12 with me. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy, beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ uh, forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, listen, put on charity. Father, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to stand once again in front of my brothers and my sisters. And I pray, Father, that I can be very loving to them, that I can be very sensitive to their needs. And Lord, that that they can see you in me and I can see you in them. And Father, I, I just pray now, if there's a lost person here, and I, more likely there is, uh, in this building right now, sitting right before me, they know nothing about you. They heard a little bit about you down through the years, but Lord, they really don't know anything about you, about your mercy and about your love. And, and you're all those, uh, all those things that, that, that you're a maid of. And Lord, I pray tonight, just use me. I just want to be used. And if I can't be used, Lord, I'll, I'll have a seat. I'll be glad to. There's preachers here that can preach circles around me anyway. And Brother Wilkinson could call on one of them to come to the platform and bring the message. But Lord, if you can use me, I, I want to be used. And Lord, again, I just, I just asked you to touch Jeanette. Strengthen her. Thank you for letting her feel better. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians chapter 3 and 
verse 12. The Bible says that we are to put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Now, believers have been elected not, not to go to heaven and not to go to hell, but we have been elected to do some things, and that one thing the Bible is talking about here is to be holy, and that word holy means separated or set apart. The old doctrine of sanctification is, is something that we don't hear preached in a lot of Baptist churches anymore. But you're looking at a Baptist preacher that is old-fashioned, and I still believe in the old King James Bible, and I believe in the doctrine of sanctification. We have been elected to uh, live a separated life. Believers have been elected to be what? Not only a loving people and a separated people, but we are elected to be the beloved of God. God has called believers to turn away from the old life that shows hatred for towards God, the old life that is rejected and rebel and ignore and deny and was constantly cursing the face of God. We, we, are, we are elected to have nothing to do with that kind of life. God has called believers to be the beloved of God, the persons who, who receives his love in Christ Jesus and who allow him to shower his love upon us. Notice one more thing before we get into the message very deeply. The command is to put on. This is a picture of putting on clothing. And the believer is to clothe the new man. We are to take the old clothes of the old man and we are to destroy them. If you don't destroy them, they'll destroy you, like anger and malice and all of those things that we saw last night. So the new man must not be left naked. The Bible says, I don't want you to be naked after you get rid of the old clothes. Um, you, must, you must clothe your body and I'm going to give you the new clothes to wear. Now what are the, the garments that we are to put on. There are eight of them. Don't worry. We'll try to get out before 12 o'clock. And so there's eight of them. And let's look at the first garment that we are to wear. The, it, it is called mercy, the garment of mercy. And the word mercy means compassion, pity, tenderheartedness, and God has so much mercy upon us, the one thing we should do is to show mercy also to other people. Get rid of the old clothes, put on the new clothes, and, and show mercy as God has shown us mercy. Compassion and pity should, should flood our hearts as he that has been risen with Christ. And we are to show pity to, to the lost, to the wayward, to the lonely, to the hurting, to the diseased, to the poor, to the homeless and age. And the list could go on and on and on and on. But the point is that the believer no longer has the right to overlook the needy of the world. We are to be soul winners. We are to be merciful people. We are to be the most loving people on, on the 
earth. Why? Because we have been risen with Christ. Because we have been saved by the good grace of God. Because we are in Christ. And, and you know, a lot of people, they look at the church and they don't see much difference sometime in the church in the world. That should not be. We should be wearing that clothes, that clothing, that first garment of mercy. Look in Isaiah 58 in verse 7. The Bible says, and I'll try to give you time. I have a lot to say, so we're going to go pretty fast. Isaiah 58 in verse 7, it is not to deal thy bread to the hungry, the Bible says, and that those that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh. When we see someone in need, as a Christian, we are to show mercy. Amen. Do I hear a good hearty amen right there? Yes. Church, listen, we should be the most loving, merciful people on earth. Look in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. The Bible says, I have shown you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. I didn't write it. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13 in verse 3. The Bible says again, Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Look up here for a minute and let me ask you a question from my heart. Um, as a believer, as a risen one in Christ, Colossians 3, 1, are you wearing this garment tonight? Are you a merciful person? Or are you just kind of rude and those kind of things? Are you wearing that garment tonight? As I look over here, I, that's, that's a good question for me to ask this little group right over here. Are you a merciful person? And then the balcony up there, and then this little crowd right here. Are, are, you, are you a merciful person tonight? If people look at you, will they see Christ in you? And, and when they look at you and looking at the world and the world is needing somebody, are, are they watching you? very close do they see you as a christian as the risen one to to show mercy or do, do they see you just walking by someone that needs help oh my soul church we need to be a people of mercy and then the second garment is kindness it doesn't take much to be kind but we have so many unkind people, even in churches across America and around the world. Some of the most unkind people I have ever met are people in independent Baptist churches. I hate to report that, but that is true. Look in Romans 12 and verse 10. The Bible says, the Bible says, not Brother Beckham, but the Bible says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Is that the Bible? Is that the Bible? Do you, can you say amen there? 
Amen. You know what amen means? So be it. And so the Bible says that everyone here tonight and everyone that named the name of Christ should be kindly affectionate one to another. Amen. That is as much of the Bible as go ye. That is as much of the Bible as study to show thyself unto a proven to God. That is just as much of the Bible. But we, we nitpick it and we overlook it and we let our flesh control us instead of being kind. Look in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. You say, what does this have to do with prayer? It has everything to do with prayer, because if you're not a merciful person, you're not going to have much of a relationship with God. And if you're not a kind person, you're not going to be able to pray, and you're not going to have that relationship with the Lord. Listen again, Ephesians 4, 32, and be kind one to another. Not only kind, but tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. Boy, oh boy, twice. Listen to Second Peter chapter one, verse five and seven. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and a virtue a knowledge, and a knowledge temperance, and a temperance patience, and a patience godliness, and a godliness brotherly kindness, and a brotherly kindness charity. Oh my! Now let me let me apply it to you. Your hearts. I don't want you to just listen to it. I want you to apply it. I am applying it to Brother Beckham's life as I'm preaching, as I prepared this afternoon. I've already preached it to me twice today, and now I'm preaching it to me the third time. I haven't arrived. I'm not. I'm not a super duper duper. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not an authority on prayer. I'm just an old man that God has chosen to take the gospel to the local church and to call the church back to the greatest thing we can do, and that is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Number three, the third garment is humility. Look in Matthew 23, verse 12, the Bible says, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Look in Ephesians. Now, is it okay to use the Word of God as much as I am? All right. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 and 2. The Bible says very plainly, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Are you doing that tonight? Are, 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 you, are you fulfilling this verse? Look in Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem him uh, other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Dr. Howes used to have a poem. I used to know it by heart. I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to try to quote it uh, tonight because I might murder it, but it was a great poem. Uh, others, others, 
others. Uh, get your eyes off of yourself and look at others. Amen. Let's be on other people. Let's, let's care. Let's show mercy. Let's be kind. Let's be humble. Let's be meek. Why? Because those are the ingredients that we must have in our lives that we're gonna, if we're going to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about a prayer relationship, by the way. Look in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. The Bible again says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Look with me again at verse 3 of Philippians chapter 2. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Church, listen. Notice the words lowliness of mind. You know what that means? It means to offer oneself as lowly and submissive, to walk in a spirit of lowliness, to present oneself as, as lowly and low-lying in mind, to be of low degree and low rank. Not to be high-minded, not to be proud, not to be haughty, but a humble person may have a high position, they may have power, they may have wealth, they may have fame, they have and much more, but he carries himself in a spirit of lowliness and submission. He denies himself for the sake of Christ. Why? In order to help others. Are you wearing this garment? Do you have this garment on tonight? You say, no, sir. I don't have any of these on. I'm still wearing the old clothes of the old man. Brother Beckham, I got mad today. I got upset today. Oh, my, my Christian brother and sister, you can't. No, don't do that, please. Because, look, you're bringing reproach upon the Lord Jesus that you say you love. Don't do that. Put these old clothes, put the old clothes behind you and put these new clothes on because people are watching us. People are watching us. They are listening to us. Look at the fourth garment. This is serious stuff. This is serious. This is not something we can just choose as an optional thing and do if we want to do. We got a world to reach. Amen. We got family to reach. We got people to reach, and we can't reach them until, until we put these clothes on, these new clothes. We can't do it wearing the old clothes. We can't do it, but we can do it wearing the new clothes. Look at the fourth one. Meekness. Meekness means to be gentle, tender, humble mild, considerate, and strongly so. Meekness 
has a humble state of mind. But this does not mean the person is weak. It doesn't mean that you're cowardly or are bowing down to people and, and letting them stomp on you. The meat person simply loves people. And they love peace. Therefore, he walks humbly among men regardless of their statue or their circumstance in life. Meekness has a strong state of mind. It looks at situations and wants justice and right to be done. It is not a weak, it is not a weak mind that ignores and neglects neglect evil and wrongdoing, abuse and suffering. No, that's not what it is. If someone is suffering, meekness steps in and does what it can to help. If evil is being done, meekness does what it can to stop it and correct it. If evil is running rampant and indulging itself, meekness actually strikes, strikes out in anger, however, not in a crucial point, but that anger is always at this particular time, is at the right time, and again, doing the right things. I think there is a reason to be mad at some things. I'm mad at the devil. I don't like him. I don't like, I don't like anything about the devil. I don't. I, I'm very angry with him because he's trying to destroy what I love. He's trying to destroy the church. And my father sent his son to die for the church. He loved the church, and we are to love the church too. Amen? Yes, sir. We are to love the church. Meekness has a strong self-control. The meek person controls his spirit and mind. He controls the lusts of his flesh. He does not give way to ill-tempered or retaliation or passion or indulgent. But the meek, meek person dies to himself, to what his flesh would do. And he does the right thing, exactly what God wants him to do. You say, wow. Look in Galatians 5. I can barely see my notes. I like it when God squeezes my heart. I like it when I see the congregation and the hand of God squeezing their hearts, tears coming out. Where are, where are our tears in fundamentalism anymore? Oh, boy. Look in Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, our love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, 
temperance against such there is no law. Do you know when you got saved, the, those nine characteristics moved into your life? Amen? Do you know if you don't have those nine characteristics that you're not saved? Do you know that? Because it, these, these characteristics is a part of the Holy Ghost. Someone said, how do you know if you have the Holy Ghost? Simple. Listen. You'll have love. You'll have joy. You'll have peace. You'll have long-suffering. You'll have gentleness. You have goodness. You have faith and meekness and temperance. When someone asks me, Brother Beckham, can you, can you show me Scripture to prove that to help me to see if I'm saved or not? Galatians chapter 5. Amen. If you're truly born again, you will have those characteristics. Because when I was 16, I, I prayed a simple little prayer of repentance, and God came into my life, but the Holy Ghost did too. And when he did, uh, those, those nine characteristics moved. It's one fruit. It's not fruits. It's one fruit. And they all moved into my life that day. And if you're truly saved, it did you too. Those things moved into your heart right then. When we look into the Bible, we see our Savior was a meek man. And he, I'll tell you what, he wasn't a coward. I'll tell you what, he was, he was all man. And, and I'll tell you what else, he wasn't no superstar. Amen? Yeah. But he was a meek man. Look in Matthew 11, verse 29. And by the way, we were walked by the way Jesus walked. That's what the Bible says. And Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. That's Jesus talking, and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Hallelujah. My Savior was a meek person. Your Savior was a meek man. Amen. Believers are to be meek. Look in Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a, in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one, uh, such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou uh, also be tempted. That word considered means to look to oneself, to think about oneself, to give attention to oneself. It means to keep attentive eye upon oneself. Because let me tell you, you could fall, you could fall tonight. We are to restore those that fall. We are not to walk up to them and kick them in the face. We are not to pull out our spiritual magnums and shoot them. But we are to be a meek people, and when a brother falls or a sister falls, we are not to get on the uh, Internet or on, on Zoom or something like that or on the uh, cell phone and, and start spreading all the juicy lies and all that stuff about the brother that falls. We are to be a meek people, and we are to restore that man and that woman in the love of Jesus. 
And we'll never be a house of prayer until we start doing these things. And um, it's hard, I know, but, but this is true. We, we will never, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never be a house of prayer until, until we get back to doing what God wants us to do and, and be, be, like, be like Him. And, and uh, are you listening? Are you listening, church? Is it seeking into your heart? Or are you just wanting to be a... There's no such thing as a mediocre Christian. Hmm. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The Bible says, There have no temptation taken you such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You say, well, preacher, why should I walk around with awareness of God and being in the consciousness of God? And why should I talk to God all the time? Because there's temptations out there. When you face that temptation in your flesh, you fall. But you face that temptation in the, in the name of Jesus, you stand. Amen? And you're able to say, get behind me and leave me alone. But if you're out there in the flesh, wearing them old clothes of the old man, and you're angry and got malice in your heart and walking around and saying, bless me if you think you can. Oh, my, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. You need to, you need to, who? Don't need to wear them old clothes. If a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He should be wearing them old clothes. You should be wearing them old clothes. You should have these new clothes on. Amen. Look in 2 Peter 3.17, the Bible says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, 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 lest ye also, being led away with the error uh, of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Oh my, beware, be watchful. Devils, devils is out there. He wants to mess you up. Beware. Be alert. Be alert. Don't let him do it. And then fifthly, the fifth garment to be put on is long-suffering. Long-suffering or patience. Oh, boy. I wish I could just overlook this one. I wish I could just, you know, well, Lord, you know, I think I'll go to garment number six. This one here kind of, oh boy. Do I have to preach this one? I'll be honest with you. This one right here gets me sometimes. Amen. I know, I know it doesn't, uh, you're perfect and everything's okay. But, but notice this. Long-suffering, it means bearing and suffering a long time. <laughs> Perseverance, being constant, steadfast, enduring. 
Long-suffering never gives in. It is never broken. No matter what attacks it, it keeps it going. It perseveres. I try. But I have failed in that area. Not you, Brother Deckham. You're the the prayer guy. I've already told you. Not perfect. And I know about that much about prayer. But I'm learning. Maybe in 20 more years, I might know about that much. But I'm learning. And I want you to learn. Number six. The sixth piece of garment is forbearance. Since we have been risen with Christ, Colossians 3.1, we must put on the garment of forbearing or forbearance. And forbearing means to hold back, to put up with, to reframe, and to bear with. Something is often forgotten. There are many things about every one of us that, that people have to forbear. People have to put up with a great deal of things when dealing with Benny Beckham. And every one of us is guilty of some weakness. Amen? Some unattractive behavior. Some wrong behavior. Some mistreatment some failure, some bad habit, some irritating behavior. And any person can be looked at and have his flaws and weaknesses picked out. All you have to do is look at Brother Beckham, and you can see some of this stuff. And all I would have to do is walk down them aisles and start looking at you tonight, and I would see some things that's not just right. Amen? Yes, sir. You can walk up here and start examining me and listening to me or walk with me as Brother Mike has for the last three days, and I'm sure he has found some flaws in me somewhere. We all have it. So we, we shouldn't be so judgmental. We need to learn to put up with one another. You won't ever have a prayer life until you do. Amen? Yes, sir. Forbearance. Forbearance. Romans 15, verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves because you better be careful and Brother Beckham better be careful because I might be in the same predicament if I'm not careful. Galatians 6.2 Bear ye another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. 
Church, let's love one another. Amen? Do you hear me? Let's love one another. If you've been rude to somebody lately, go and love them. Put your arms around them. Be Christ-like. We are to be a house of prayer. We'll never be one until these things are active in our lives. Number eight, and lastly, or number seven, we as believers should be wearing the garment of forgiveness. Since we have been risen with Christ, we must put on the garment of forgiveness. We must be a forgiving people. The word forgiving means to be gracious to a person, to pardon him for some wrong done against us. And our text in Colossians 3.13 says that if we have a quarrel or some difference, go to them, sit down, talk to them, and forgive them as Christ forgave you. But what we want to do as, as in, 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 in our lives, what we want to do, I hear it all the time, people say, I will, I will forgive you, but I will not forget what you have done for, against me. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when Jesus said, Brother Benny, at the age of 16, uh, for, for all these years now, he has never brought up to me not one of my sins. They have been under the blood. Amen. He has never mentioned them again. That's the way we are to forgive one another. That's the way we are to forgive one another. And if you don't have that type of spirit, you're in trouble because you will never have a prayer relationship with God until you get to the point where you can look at your worst enemies and, and say, you are forgiven. I love you. And never mention it again. And then I want you to look at the eighth garment. And I want you to take your Bible in closing tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I am not talking about puppy love here, but the eighth garment is love. Love. And here it is, the definition, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, verse 4. Again, this is not talking about friendship, love, and puppy love, and all that stuff, but it's talking about agape love. And agape love is God's love. And that's the way we are to love. We need to love as God has loved us. Look at it. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity endeth not. Charity vauntereth not itself, 
is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Do you know what that means? I have been asked over and over, Brother Beckham, what does uh, thinketh no evil? What does that mean? That means keeping records keeping record books, keeping things in your mind, in your heart, in your soul against somebody. We don't need to be keeping record books. Throw away your record book, okay? And then it says, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. I'll let the Bible itself preach that point tonight. Amen. There is nothing I could add to it.